Welcome to season two of A Moon in the Dark with Ellen Blake, where we hope to connect people to God's heart through themes in Marvel movies. Who is this character Wanda anyway? And where did she come from? Is she evil? Is she not? Her enemy tries to make her think so. And her enemy is a lot like our enemy, with lies and deceit. So my mom and my brother Daniel are gonna talk about the character Wanda. Join in the conversation. If you're looking for something for your home or for a gift, look no further than Rustic Lantern. Everything from candles to furniture, even clothing, shoes, and accessories. You can get their app, and you can shop online at rusticlanternco.com. Well, it's good to be here, crashing your podcast on Marvel characters. Absolutely. Good to have you, Daniel. So, I guess today you're talking about the character of Wanda. We are. I know WandaVision, the show, was a raging success across the country. I think the, the servers of Disney Plus, I heard, crashed for the grand finale of, finale of the episode uh, because so many people were watching it. Uh, so I, I know you all watched it together. What what did you think of it? Well, gotta be totally honest. It wasn't my. It was probably one of my least favorite of all of the of Marvel's uh, really works. Project, but yeah. you thought you you didn't like the beginning, the few first. Episodes. Yeah, it just turned me off. Huh? Not a sitcom guy, huh? <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> I thought it was really creative, and so I was wanting to see what was going to happen because I just whoever thought of it was really creative. Definitely a brilliant idea that hadn't really been done with a show within a show. It who, is. Who would That's true. Think. That is very true. But I guess not enough action adventure to really capture David's yearning. Not for my cup of tea. Super. David Van Dyke didn't work for you. That yeah. 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 I thought it was really clever, and I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. I didn't love the the a few of the episodes in the middle toward the end, but by the ending, it was amazing. Which is why we're here because we have a lot to say about it. And mm. it, it I've been thinking about about it a lot. Honestly, did you have some nostalgia from those uh, some of those sitcoms early on in the earlier episodes? Well, they were all reruns, you know, when Dad and I grew up. So we, I did watch things like Leave It to Beaver, or, um, well, Andy Griffith. So I'm the basic idea of the first couple. It, I didn't it, really um, watch Bewitched that much. I watched um, I Dream of Jeannie more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I definitely had that that feeling of what they were doing. And, and I didn't have that feeling because I didn't see those movies, those shows enough, but when it kind of transitioned to more of the office feel yeah, and that, that kind of fun. thing, that, that hit good. home for me. So it was cool how it spanned all the generations um, where you could so appreciate creative. it. Oh, yeah. The Brady Bunch, of course, mm-hmm. that type thing. Yes. I mean, it really was creative. Yeah. Got to give it to them. Uh, but I, in general, I guess, the character of Wanda, um, as she was the main fo- focus of the show. Complicated. Uh, very complicated. But this picked up from a lot of history that we got from previous Marvel movies before this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, David, I guess some of the backstory of Wanda, where, where is she coming from here? What's this character? Yeah, so we first see Wanda in Avengers Age of Ultron, where she um, is a, she's a, a teenager there. Um, her, she previously... Was um, had a very traumatizing childhood where mm-hmm. her whole family was killed by a Stark missile, um, and her and her brother, her twin brother Pietro, um, were stuck, um, just waiting for one to set off right next to them. Mm-hmm. And so they, they ended up being experimented on um, by this Hydra scientist, but to become powerful. So Wanda gained these powers um, of like telekinesis and being able to control things with her mind, and. She's one of the most powerful characters in Marvel, I think. Mm. Um, and her powers were unlocked by that Mind Stone that correct. was the same 
stone that was in Vision, which ended up being later on down the road. It's yeah, it's important. Her. So yeah, and then she in Age of Ultron, uh, Vision is this is created. He's like a a super being kind of, um, and he, Vision and Wanda sort of fall in love after a few years. Um, but in, in at the very end of Infinity War, Wanda is has to destroy the Infinity Stone in Vision to try and save the universe to keep Thanos from getting it, and she does. She destroys the stone and kills Vision. Mm. It was horrible. She no. It's it, the one of the biggest sacrifices you can make, but then such she, a powerful scene there. It is, and then she has to witness Thanos turn back time, create the, the stone again, and by killing. Vision. So she watches Vision die twice, which is really just, it's powerful. It, it, it's very important later on. So then after, I guess, Endgame, the very last movie, um, is when this show starts. And she is missing Vision because Vision's dead. Oh, and she was in the blip, right? Yes. She was gone. So she's gone. So now five years later, she comes back. And she's she's only been around for a week or two. And she is just so upset that she, in her anguish releases her power and creates another vision along with his whole town and scenario and yeah puts basically everybody under her spell Mm -hmm. and does she mean to does she not we're not exactly sure but we know she's pretty content with it after it does happen all of her her dreams coming back true she's able to live the life that she wanted to live and not deal with the pain and anguish of not being around vision yes but then she has children. Which, yeah, it's which, crazy. Yeah. Don't really know how that happened, but I guess the same way the vision was created. But then it turns out that by her having the, her, the life she wanted of being with vision and having kids and a family and just settling down, I don't know if she, she meant to do this or not, but she's really being very cruel to all these people. Mm. And she's putting them through a lot. And they're all just lo- they're Like it, the theme kind of is. It's all Wanda, you know? Mm. She's taking out her sorrow and anguish on them. They're feeling her pain. Um, Which we don't figure that out till later. Right. But they clearly say that they they, they have her nightmares. She's They're, in her head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know that. She right. doesn't really, I don't think, know. The extent of what she's doing. Right. Yeah, so kind of later on, towards the very end, the bad guy is revealed. So Agnes... Um, is the sitcom character is actually Agatha Harkness, which is like this witch that's um, been around to show a scene from the um, Salem Witch Trials. She was there, uh, apparently. And so we'll get more on her later. But she tries to make um, Wanda believe that sh- that Wanda is an evil person. Mm. And she's and, playing the, the happy-go-lucky neighbor the whole time as if Wanda's controlling her, like she's just another one of those people around. Mm-hmm. But little does Wanda know, she's playing her the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of bought into to Wanda being evil for a second there. But I have three examples here to prove that she's really not. She's a very a good heart. She has a, a good natural heart, and she's actually a good person. So yeah. one of them is going to start out in Captain America Civil War, where... It's the very beginning of the movie. They're um, trying to fight some Hydra guys, and she ends up controlling a bomb and that explodes and kills a bunch of uh, innocent civilians. And you see her just very upset mm. um, that about it. Rex, and her. I yeah. mean, she she thinks it's all her fault, and she is just just completely 
She didn't mean to do it. She didn't. Didn't want to do it. Correct. Her power is just enormous, and she mm-hmm. doesn't really understand it yet. Right, and isn't totally able to control it. So accidents mm-hmm. happen now that she but wants. You just see, you just get a glimpse of her. She she doesn't want innocent people to die, mm. which just shows that she has a good heart. Good point. The second one is uh, like I mentioned in Infinity War, where she, at the beginning, um, they think they can try to get the Infinity Stone out of Vision and then destroy it, but they run out of time, and she's forced to have to destroy the stone on Vision while killing Vision, which and I, they they've been in love for a while. And to make that sacrifice, to sacrifice the person that you love the most for the world, um, I, I think that's pretty good. That shows good character there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we have data point. There are two that we see that she really has a good heart mm-hmm. coming into this. Yeah, what's that third? The third one is very end of WandaVision, where she realizes that she is trapping all of these innocent people um, just so that she can have her dream life. And she has to choose between the people and her life. Mm. And she chooses the people. She sacrifices her two little boys and her husband because they can only live in this, what they call the hex, um, that they, that's the town. Um, and so she releases the spell, and which mm. takes away Vision and her kids. Mm. So she ends up having to sacrifice Vision twice mm. for other people. Wow. So once she realizes that she really kind of is the bad guy in the situation, she doesn't want to be, and she sacrifices herself and her whole exactly. ideal world for the people. Yeah. So Agatha mm-hmm. is taking the role here of the enemy and the accuser, and it and is accusing her of being evil. Right. So you're saying that really she is lying. Agatha really is lying. She's convincing her that she's this horrible what chaos witch. Yeah, um, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, chaos magic. Yeah, Scarlet Witch, and that her destiny is to destroy everything. But is that true? David, all the things that you're ta- saying right now are making me realize and making me want to point out how Agatha is really a perfect picture of the biblical enemy. You can call him the devil. You can call him Satan. You can call him Lucifer, whatever names. But it's really interesting, and I wanted to point out some stuff about that. Um, she was waiting and watching and masquerading as a friend. Two things that in First Peter 5, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And she doesn't understand Wanda and her power, and she's wanting to understand it so she can get it. And also in Second Corinthians 11, it says that Satan masquerades as the angel of light. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's acting like her best friend. This mm-hmm. whole entire time. Uh, but it's just, it's incredible how, honestly, Agatha is actually a liar. Mm. Um, she's taunts. She, I mean, what, what happens is you see her in the last couple of episodes and all of her, what she really is. Yeah. Um, she's accusing. She's devaluing, threatening. She makes empty promises. She also tries to get her off guard by making that fake Pietro. She just, she's trying to keep her off guard, um, which is what our enemy does. Yeah. Um, she loves to just create discord and chaos, even though she's saying that Wanda's the chaos has chaos magic. Mm. It's really Agatha that's trying to sow chaos. So in that last episode, Agatha says from, I guess she's up high on a billboard, and she's trying to just taunt Wanda. And she says, there's an entire chapter devoted to you in the Book of the Damned. 
Your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. Your destiny is to destroy the world. Mm. And that is accusing. And in Revelation 12.10, he's called the accuser. And you see, Wanda is confused. And she says, I'm not who you say I am. But Wanda doesn't really know who she is yet, but she knows she's not that. She's rejecting, I guess that's a prophecy or whatever, that she will destroy the world. She's like, no. And that's the scene where she reveals, Agatha reveals to Wanda the pain of the people around her. Mm. And another thing she says, she's trying to make a deal. Agatha says, give me your power and I will correct the flaws in your original spell. And you and your family can live together in Westview. No one will have to feel the pain ever Mm. again. Not even you. So she makes this deal, which is a lie. Yeah. So we, we have a real enemy, and that, that's what I'm trying to point out is that she's a perfect picture of him. And here's the question. Is he real? And I want to refer to the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. which in the in the beginning of it, he says that when he goes around, he, this, the screw tape letters is a fictional book about two demons writing to each other letters about a human they're trying to tempt. And C.S. Lewis says that people ask him if he really believes in the devil. And he says, now, if by the devil you mean a power opposite to God and like God, then no. He's saying that there is no uncreated being except God, and God has no opposite. So he's not the opposite of God, but he is, as C.S. Lewis says, he's an angel that has been thrown down, Mm -hmm. and he has angels that follow him. So he's not opposite of God, but he's opposite of what maybe Michael, which is like the archangel. So mm-hmm. that's that's good to know. That he's created by God and not equal to God whatsoever. Yes, absolutely. Reassuring. And you know, if we if you know Jesus as our Savior, then John first John four four says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Mm. So we ultimately don't have to fear him and we know that God wins in the end. Right. Uh, but it is interesting to to realize that he, he is real. He's not fictional, but he is invisible. Um, and then C.S. Lewis also says there are two equal and opposite errors which people can face. One is to not believe in them at all and just not even think that they're real. And the other is to have an unhealthy interest in them. So we don't want to go to either either end of they that. They being like Satan and demons? Yeah, the demons are happy that we either don't believe in them at all or we're extra interested. Yeah. So uh, I found a, a couple of resources I wanted to point out. Warren Wearsby wrote this little book called The Strategy of Satan, How to Detect and Defeat Him. And it's just a good little handbook. It talks about what, what his strategies are, and it has lots of scripture in it if you're interested in that. Also, Priscilla Shira put out an amazing Bible study called The Armor of God. And in that, she is saying that our enemy is real, and but we do have weapons and that we fight in the heavenly places through prayer. We can't unpack it all today. Like but we have power just like Wanda to some extent. That's that's God's that we can tap into. Yeah. And defenses against his schemes. And a couple of examples, she says, there's a quote from Tolkien from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so this is in the second movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy where Aragorn is with Theoden, the king of Rohan. Um, and all these bad guys are closing on, closing in on them, and Theoden says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn replies, open war is upon you, whether you risk it or not. Mm. 
We're in the midst of war currently. We can't deny that. That's right. And that's what Priscilla is saying is that it's here if we're a believer, but we have lots and lots of armor and we have strategies and we have more than what they have. Mm. Um, Also, she talks about how it's, we think that we're fighting against problems and people. Yeah. But that where he's really the one that's behind it all. Yeah, she really emphasizes that people are not the problem. So there's a, a, a fun little story of a little kid um, is at a fair, and there's a little whack-a-mole station where he's whacking all these little puppets that are popping up off these holes. And he's like, no matter how many times I whack the little puppet, another one pops up. And he's like, this can't be right. So he goes behind the curtain, rips the curtain down, and there's just a couple little parents just like deer in headlights, and he exposes the problem. Satan is like those parents. He's behind the curtain trying to make you think the problem is the puppets, where he's actually the real problem. Mm. So there's symptoms of that problem, and as much as we try to whack them down, it's not getting to the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. But she says one of our main weapons, and the, the armor of God can be found in Ephesians 6. Mm. And it's really a study, her whole study is on Ephesians, but particularly in Ephesians 6, that our main weapon is prayer. Also, our only offensive weapon is the sword of the the spirit, which is the word of God, and that we fight with God's word. But she also uses the example of Zoom, which we've, lots of people have been on Zoom the past year. (laughs) And how you can be seated in one place, but you're communicating with someone in another place. And that's how she talks about prayer, Mm. that you could be seated in one place and you could be talking to the Father in another place. Wow. Yeah. So we just need to remember that we are at war and we just get ready. Hey, please take a minute to rate and review the podcast and share with a friend so that more people can find us. Paul closes his book of Ephesians with these words to the believers. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. We ultimately know that Jesus is the power behind which we can stand and with which we can stand. We also know that He gives us peace. So I'll leave you with peace for your day, and peace for your night.